Hey guys, this is And The Writer Is, and I'm your host, Ross Golan. I've written with hundreds of writers and artists over the years, and my favorite part of each session is the first hour when we catch up about life and the industry, politics, composition, whatever. If you ask me, songwriters are some of the most worldly and intelligent people I've ever come across. So this is a journey of learning why people write songs, how people write songs, and most importantly, who the people are who write the songs. Now I'm co-producing this with my friend Joe London, who was nominated for a Grammy earlier this year for Best Country Song. He makes us sound like angels. If you want to listen to the songs we discuss in this podcast, go to Spotify and look up our playlist, And The Writer Is, or go to our website, www.andthewriteris.com. Oh, and if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening site is. We really appreciate that effort. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. For this week, we have a true genius, John Ryan. I don't even want to go too far into how I feel about John because you'll get it from this conversation. But before we get into the conversation, I just wanted to say something about Stitches, the song by Shawn Mendes. It won Song of the Year at the BMI Awards. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but we should because the entire song is published by our co-producers, Big Deal Music, who also publishes John Ryan. So we talk a lot about Casey Robinson, the senior vice president of Big Deal Music, also lived on my hall freshman year of college. We talk about David Silberstein and Jeremy Levin from Mega House Music, who are not only co-producers of this podcast and not only managers for Joe London, but also manage a good portion of Stitches. So congratulations to them as well. So without further ado, here is one of my favorite episodes we've done of And The Writer Is, John Ryan. Welcome to And The Writer Is. I am your host, Ross Golan. Today's guest is one of the few 100% writers. What I mean is, he can write and produce a hit alone. He doesn't need anyone. And yet, he's one of the best collaborators in the business. His musical ear is impeccable, and his compositional memory is virtually flawless. Just for some context, he wrote the last nine One Direction singles, and produced the one before that. So let's go with ten. From the great state of New York, this guy has been instrumental in defining huge artists like Maroon 5, John Legend, Pitbull, etc. And the writer is always the most talented person in the room, John Ryan. Woo! <laughs> we were just talking about there's a, 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 a plaque in Joe's studio that has uh, Wiggle and Fireball, and we'll get into that. But you were saying that you wrote... Uh, you guys wrote Wiggle, Fireball, and Headlights all in the same weekend. All in the same, like, 
18 hours. Anyway, uh, just to give context, who are all the artists and like tell me like how does how does that happen? I mean, it's Jason Derulo for Wiggle. Jason Derulo was Wiggle, Pitbull was Fireball. And then who um, did Headlights? Headlights was, like, was Robin Schultz. Robin Schultz. Yes. That's right. Um you did that in one weekend? We did that in like literally 48 hours. Um, it started off with some jet skiing. Yes. Shout out to uh, Andrea Schuler accident for uh, hooking up the jet skis. Uh-huh. Uh, before we rode anything, we just went out and just ripped jet skis for like three hours. And then we got back and we were like, yes! <laughs> Did you guys write lyrics while you're out on the jet skis? I'm like, oh my God, this would be a great... <laughs> what was your pre-chorus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Um, no, it's weird how when you're having fun, like that somehow translates to fun records. Yeah. And then we like drank some fireball and then we made fireball and then we just kind of kept the ball rolling. I like it. All the balls. Yeah, all the balls. Um, uh, I feel like this whole episode should be uh, you playing Hall & Oates records or something <laughs> like that. A I mean, if, we had, like, if this was a call-in show, everyone should just, like, they would they should call in whatever <laughs> song requests. that they... Yeah, make requests, <laughs> and you should sit at this piano, and you should just play. Because I, I don't think people <clears throat> realize that you you might actually know, like, all, like, the Hall & Oates, like, catalog. I'm not that big of a Hall & Oates guy. No, I don't I know. I could play like, maybe, like, four or five tunes. Yeah, okay. Name another person you know that can play two Hall & Oates records. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Anyway, uh... I realized that we just had our five-year friend anniversary. I went back Pound and I looked. It. Pound, Pound it, baby. Thank you for having me on the show, too. Ah, it's an you're honor. You're welcome. Pleasure and a privilege. Ah, yes. Um, so we, we met in, in 2012. So you found your way out to Malibu, California by 2012. I did. I did. But just before you get to that, like you start in New York. Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Yep. Small and, town. Small town hero. Yeah, um, <laughs> there you go. Does everybody um, from your home know what you do? Sort of, not really. Yeah. They don't. I mean, they might know that I'm like out here and in the biz, but they don't actually know what I do. It's like, oh, he's doing music. He's doing the you know, music. Well, Rochester is like a really good music town. Great music town because they have great they have, jazz fest. Yeah, you know, it's great. Why did you end up at at Berkeley and not at school in Rochester? Eastman's there, right? My parents were just super supportive. I was I was the third kid in my family. Um, so at that point, they were just like, you know, do whatever you want. Did they all do music? No, super musical family, but no one else like went to music school or like wrote songs or anything. And Berkeley was like the only school I applied to and got in and just went. What got, do you like, mean? Half scholarship. What do you mean a, a musical family? Like everyone kind of plays and sings, and, like knows songs and like knows the Beatles. And my brother's like a great piano player and drummer. And my sister plays violin. My mom plays piano. It's like just musical. You kind of just brush over the Beatles, but I think you actually may know how to play every Beatles song. Yes, I do. I mean, I mean that's not an exaggeration. I didn't grow I up think... listening to the Beatles either. I didn't listen to the Beatles till I went to Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my my I, I knew like Beatles one. My dad had like the hits album. Right. So I knew like "Wanna Hold Your Hand" and stuff, but right. Only I got to the Beatles and like got high, and my friend showed me like Revolver or something, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. It's, like, it's the Beatles, man. I've never heard any of the songs. Yeah. And then my whole brain just went. What, what's it? I mean, I, I think the Beatles are compositionally so complex and people don't recognize it because the melodies are so seemingly simple, mm-hmm. which is the genius of it. But why do you, it's why like, did you gravitate to Revolver and to the Beatles in what was probably 2004? Yeah, 2006. 2006 yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, it's like, it's like, watching an old tv show it's like what seinfeld or something if you if, if you weren't into it 
and it's it's hard to get people like even now i have friends that are just like i don't get the beatles or like i don't get the stones or like old rock shit and it's hard to like play those records because like the piano is all the way to the right and the drums are all the way and the mix is like off and it like doesn't sound modern it's like i don't really get these records but i don't know it just it just connected with me it actually was a cover of one of my best friends in college made a, co- a cover of Tomorrow Never Knows, which is like the last song on Revolver. Mm-hmm. Super like trippy song. Because we had GarageBand on our laptops. We were the first like generation of, of Berkeley kids to have GarageBand. So we're checking in loops and like singing into the laptop. We're like, we can make our own beats on our computers. We were the first class to be able to do that. And he had made a cover of it and sent it to me. I thought he was the most prolific, sickest artist of all time. I was like, dude, you're a genius. Let's form a band. I was like, this song's amazing. He's like, dude, it's the Beatles. It's the last song on Revolver. I was like, what? And then he like burned me every album. And I'm like, I like that burned you every he did. album. I had every CD, like CDR. Um, did you guys end up starting a band? Uh, he was in my band later on, but we didn't actually start a band. What What was your first band? My first band, uh, my first real like band band was called Faction, which is actually with Teddy Geiger. How crazy is yeah. that? Like, like from high school, ninth grade, tenth grade, yeah. So Teddy Geiger is, you know, partly responsible Teddy's like for Shawn Mendes' album. Mm-hmm. You know, recently, but back in the day, as an artist, super successful yep. solo artist. When you guys were in a band, did who sang? We both did. We were just like a whole like Lennon McCartney thing. He sang better than me, but we both sang. It was four piece band too. Like he played piano a lot of time, guitar, piano, bass, drum. Do we wrote get, all the shit, like had an album, this whole thing. It was great. Do you ever listen back to those songs? Totally. Are they great? No. Can, like, could but, you shop those songs? No, of course not. But it sounds like there's something there. Right. You're like, this is kind of, it's a little bit left of like a high school band just like making songs or something. Do you guys um, write together now? We do. Not enough. But that's an amazing achievement to be. Well, it's my, it's so dude, strange to be. In, he taught me everything I know. What really? Up, Ted? Yeah, he just he was like he was like working in Pro Tools in tenth grade when I like had a Tascam like sixteen track like digital recorder. He's like, he should probably get like Pro Tools. It's this great computer program like, that you can record on. And I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I can kind of wrap my head around like yeah. two kids in Rochester mm-hmm. that later become two of the biggest pop writers. Is yeah. kind of bananas. Yeah. Did you guys lose touch when you went to Berkeley? No, did dude, Faction, not was at all. Faction, like, uh, was that? Did he go to Berkeley? No. He didn't go to Berkeley. No, he like his artist career started popping off um, like right before our senior year of high school. So we were like best buds in high school. Like had this band and everything. He left and was doing an artist thing. Like I didn't really see him senior year. And then I went to Berkeley. No, we've always stayed in touch. He was, like, visiting me in Boston a lot. We were always just jamming and, like, hanging. Your musical memory is pretty crazy. You know, I don't know you what you kind mean of, by well, that. Well, if I, if I name a song right now, you'll, sit, you'll go to the piano and you'll play it yeah. in the right key. Even if it's something you're not, you don't know how to play. You I'm just, good with chords. You're good with chords. Yeah. I mean, that's... But, it, but it's a... Uh, it's sort of an understatement because it's it's. I assume you have perfect pitch, right? No, I have like it's a relative, like relative, really, really good, like relative pitch. When did you realize that you could that you have this talent? It's kind of like like a weird Harry Potter kind of like uh, you're like a, there, everyone else is sort of a muggle in the room, and you come in, you're like ah, <laughs> oh, I can play this, and you're just like it was really it was it was Berkeley. 
I it wasn't like, something you were doing in faction. At it the was time. something I was always doing, but I didn't know how to like um, process it in my brain. I could always kind of sit down and figure something out. Right. But um, I got to give credit to like the first two years at Berkeley. I like I got so much better. Just like the ear training classes and the harmony. Like I always knew. I could always kind of sit down and figure it out, but I didn't know like what it was. I didn't know it was like a two minor. So you didn't take piano lessons and do that. I did as like a little kid, right? And like guitar lessons, but right. So I knew like the basic, basic like theory, right? But once I knew like once I took like the ear training classes and like the harmony classes, and I could like see the relationship between chords or like what they sound like against a melody, right? If that makes sense, yeah. Then I just and simultaneously listening to every Beatles album like twenty times. A day. Their stuff can get pretty cordy, you know, in like a pop sense. It's not just like GCD every song. So that paired up with with doing the classes. The last two years, I didn't didn't learn much. I sort of like started producing and stuff. But the first two, I like my ear got crazy. I noticed it like a year in. I was like, I can fucking sing and play anything. So are Lennon and McCartney your songwriting <laughs> teachers, or did you actually take a? Did you have a mentor in? No songwriting. No, um, they just they helped kind of expand my you know what you're allowed to do in pop, really. right? And so many people did, and like Dylan and. You know, did Dylan. you want to be an artist in college? <sighs> yeah, I had like so many bands in college and uh, and in high school. I had like a funk band, like I didn't sing in. It was all like horns. I had like a couple rock bands in college. Um, yeah, I was always like sort of doing an artist thing and then I kind of turned, um, writer, producer guy. And yeah. I'm doing my artist thing again now, finally. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. I saw you put some stuff on the social media. Yeah. The social media. You were saying, you were saying, Hey, follow me on my music page. Right. And I, I turned to my wife. I was like, check this out. Yeah. He's no music it. up yet though. It's all yeah. top secret. Um, we'll get into that in a bit because I'm curious how you balance all of that. But um, when you're in at Berkeley and you're you're doing music stuff, and then you immediately end up in Malibu. Immediately, you know, you go from Boston to Malibu. Maybe <laughs> literally, you like flew. I was home for like two days, and then I went out to Malibu. So, what's the uh, <clears throat> explain how you got from Berkeley to Los Angeles? I'll, I'll give the short version because it's there's so many um, the universe just locked in about three dozen things all at the same right. time. But was dating a girl at Berkeley from LA. She didn't come back to Berkeley the rest of the time. So I was visiting LA a lot, visiting her. Mm-hmm. It was like some movie shit. Like, was at a Christmas party playing like Beach Boys on the piano or something? Like, everybody like singing along. And this dude comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I have one of your demos." I'm like, "What?" A f- one of my one of my other friends from Berkeley was an intern at a studio out here, and it was Damon who came up to me at the party and was like, "My intern gave me like one of your demos from Berkeley. You go to Berkeley, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, we gotta connect." Like, my brother Julian Benetta is a writer producer. You gotta come out and. And vibe with us and blah, 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 blah. Kind of got his number, stayed in touch. And, like, the next time I came out to L.A., which was, like, the following summer, I, like, went over there and, like, met Damon and Julian and jammed and, like, kind of just hit it off, like, as bros. But explain the Bonetta family because I think if, if you don't understand where they live, how they live, they live- who they are. Like, it, there's nobody in the music business like what's going on in that family in Malibu. So it's, explain the Bonettas. It's, okay. Um, 
it's the best family ever and it's all it all stems from peter and tracy damon and julian's parents um they live out in malibu big studio um julian has a house in the hood i have a house in the hood damon has a house in the hood we all live out in the hood all like 30 seconds walking from each other and peter's a, you know peter was, was a major a bun- major writer. totally peter the, the dad had a bunch of hits in the 80s um you know break my stride ain't nobody gonna break my stride it's like tons of shit yeah and um he's sort of been the the liaison and kind of dropped all this knowledge about not dealing with assholes and about staying away from kind of the the bullshit of the industry i guess for lack of a better term which is really easy to do like out in Malibu, like in the mountains, right. Um, so he's instilled all that kind of uh, wisdom on us, and it's great. It's unbelievable. Um, you show up there from basically playing at a holiday party, and all of a sudden you're in totally this strange well, said, mecca hey, we of music in our the company. Woods. Like, what are you doing after yeah. Berkeley? And I was like, I don't know. They're like, Why don't you come live with us? And I lived with them like for free for a year and had a studio. Amazing. They were like, come just try it out, like, with my family. I was like, great. <laughs> and then we just, like, hit it off right away, and, and I'm in the same studio still. <laughs> and how soon after that was it that you started meeting people and artists? And, I mean, Julian has, you know, at, at 18 years old, he was doing totally. Hillary Duff records and stuff. You know, he's a prodigy. So, you know, here you kind of have this uh, relationship where both of you guys come from real musicality. Right. And when... Artists and writers are coming into with him. Were they just sneaking you in the room, or was it like, was it not really initially? Um, I remember um, Damon, my manager, Damon Benetta, had set me up like the second day I was here. Like I flew in on like a Monday, and on Tuesday for like a month, he had booked me a um, an EP that I had to produce of this great artist Joe Gill. He's kind of an acoustic. Oh yeah, I like you know, remember Joe. Joe? Yeah. I love Joe. Um, and I'd never like produced someone else's stuff before, but Damon just like kind of thought I could do it. So Joe came up the next day and was like, here are my songs and played me all the stuff. And then we just, I started laying down drums and like doing all the thing, kind of like figuring it out as I went along. So did that, which like really just like got my feet wet, like instantly had no time to like process what was going on, which was good. Um, and Have Julian, you ever had a chance to process what's going no, on? No, I still don't know what's going on. Right. Ever. I'm just going to go, woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. And then it like, becomes and then a hope song. Is, yeah. <laughs> Did your parents start to understand when you said, oh, I'm going to move to Malibu? Yeah, they were like, who I'm, are these people? Yeah. <laughs> who are this mountainous family? Yeah. You know? Did they trust you in that process or were they skeptical? Yeah, they came out like in the first six months and like met everybody and like, yeah. saw that it was legit and like that they were nice people. and But they were they were a little skeptical, but... That must sound weird, though, just being from... Going to live with this family yeah, for free. In Malibu. And matted up in the mountains. Yeah. Like, make music. <laughs> Feels like some Manson shit. Yeah. Um, uh, when, when you were writing with Joe, were you writing with Joe Gill or no, were you just no, producing? No, I was just producing, which was, like, uh, which was totally a new thing for me. Right. So like, when did you start co-writing out here? I mean, you were and Julian, co-writing with Teddy Geiger in high school, so it's yeah, like it's yeah. not like you, you had to really be introduced to the process. No, Julian, like you said before, Julian and and Damon also made sure like once uh, Julian and I established that we were like good writing partners, and he he's same with Teddy man, I, like learned everything from Julian. Um, I, he just started bringing me in, and like I don't know, 
We Did just, you start? We using always logic? wrote well together. So if there was a third person in there, like we could always kind of make it work into something great because we already knew that we could get something great. So if there was a third person, we would just all like figure it out. Were you sticking to Pro Tools or did you switch to Logic? Pro Tools all day, baby. Do you and Julian have fights over that? We used to. I mean, I you really? really? I was logic. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Because um, it's a pain in the ass because we can't work on stuff together. Right. You have to bounce like sound we, we, stems. We've written 400 songs together. It's like, bounce me the stems. You can't just, I can't just like open his session and work on it and vice versa. When you have a rapport with Julian writing, just the two of you guys, do you guys have like a certain method? I mean, is it, was it, is it something where it's like, okay, this is what we do. I'm, we I'm, sit down, let's just pick up a guitar. Now you start singing and, or is it, you know, you pick up a piano, you sit at the piano and then you start singing or is it just different every time? It's, it's different every time. Um, I'm kind of like the crackhead in the room and he's kind of like the overseer. Mm-hmm. Which um, has made me a much better writer too. Learning, learning how to like take. A, he's really good at taking a step back and 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 really dialing in a lyric or kind of like saying, you know, is this lyric have to do with kind of what the song, what the title is, and like all like big picture stuff. When I'm like, like when I first moved to LA, people thought that I was when I was first doing sessions. They kind of thought that I was like overselling my shit because i just get really fucking excited and like loud and like would you be like this is a smash no yeah. i would never say this never say the smash never, okay, never did that because i kind of feel now. like you'd have to leave yeah <laughs> like in the middle i of would it. never say like this is a hit for yeah. sure yeah but you um, just were you just were excited when i just play oh, a lot great. and i sing a lot and i'm fucking yeah. intense yeah but people like kind of thought like oh this, he's this, this new young writer he's trying to like prove himself that he's good or something but like i was genuinely just like I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> I love it. No, when when we're in the room, it's you know? super fun because you'll go and you'll you'll just start playing something. Not trying to like. No, no, you're having fun. It's actually a little bit of kind of trying to capture lightning in a bottle with it. Where when you're having fun and you have that kind of personality in the room, it's nice to have a Julian or someone in the room that's like, oh wait, no, that part right there exactly is that's the star exactly, and the rest of it like let's move on. But what if we you took right. that and that became. The right. second half of the third verse, uh, or whatever, <laughs> you know, and you're right. like, "Oh my god, that's so great!" And I've gotten better at like doing that on my own stuff now. On I your have, own I stuff, have that tool now. I'm saying, me as a writer, even yeah. writing for other people, writing for my stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like now, I know if I'm singing something and doing my crazy thing, I'll be like, "That one bit's really good." I've learned to like do that myself. It takes to have. It, it takes like a few days for me to go back and say, "Oh yeah." Right. No, 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 that that is actually good. I mean, don't yeah. you? And when you're on your own, it's hard to do that in the moment. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you think, oh, I think this is good. The faster it happens for me, it's just better. Always. Yeah, like like the, at least the nugget of right. of inspiration and like that magic kind of moment. Is that like a come. jazz background kind of situation? I mean, no, you know, I like think... an improv sort of thing. I don't know. Just if it feels right and you're like excited mm-hmm. about it. And just like, kind of hang on to that thing, and don't and try be too to go precious to about moment. like, what about that melody? But the melody we started like six hours ago was also kind of sick. Which like you could go back and it could be great, but you know, I mean, how many times have you like written two songs in a day and like this is some great stuff, and then you're walking out of the session, you give a high five, you know, and someone goes na 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 on the piano, and you go, what was that? What was that? And you kind of go over and go, oh my god, that's pretty tight, that's pretty tight. And you like write a song in 20 minutes on, on your phone, and it's like way better than the shit you spent 12 hours on working on. You know, that's my experience anyway. All the time. 
because it just feels um, less thought out or less like writery. Less writery for sure. I mean, we I think we were calling that a hail mary situation. You know, hail mary. A, that last hour. Totally. Every time, just especially at the end of three days of writing, because you'll go back the second day, you'll fix the first song. The third day, mm-hmm. you're tracking vocals, still working on that same first song. Right, like writing second verse lyrics of like an idea that's already not that great. Right. Fucking horrible. Every time though, right? <laughs> it's my least favorite shit. And it happens constantly. You're unsure if the song's great and then you're like working on like the bridge. And like you're you're still not sure if like the chorus is great or something. That's like my pet peeve. I hate that. And I do it all the time because like you don't really know. Right. Sometimes it takes a couple of days to go back and be like, wait, this is actually amazing. But, yeah, that's hard though. I think it helps to have somebody who's a third party listener who said, "No, this one exactly. was actually really good." Exactly. And, said, and really? if something's this amazing, yeah. then you put that time, and maybe it takes you three days to write a bridge, or maybe you need to do a chord change, or yeah. maybe you need to maybe the second verse should be a totally different flow, yeah. just to, like make it interesting. But I know that this chorus or this title or this thing's amazing, so I'm going to put those days in to like finish it. It's good to hear, you know, it's, it's, we don't necessarily talk about process and history. And I know that we all are friends, but mm-hmm. it's a different thing when you get an opportunity to just have a conversation. Totally. And, and actually get to ask and listen to, like, you know, everyone has such a different story. I know. Can I interview you? Sure. <laughs> um, after these messages. <laughs> uh, so X Factor comes into your life. Yes. That's like, so you go from being, uh, I'm, I'm going to go work on an EP. I'm going to produce some of this stuff. And then you're going to be working on the biggest television show in the United Kingdom. Yep. And you will very shortly become somewhat of a household, like... X-Factor guy. X-Factor guy. Totally. Um, which is how we got linked up with One Direction. Of course. You know. Um I don't know who they are. Julian <laughs> Julian was working on the X Factor over here when it was still over here. And this is like two or three years into me living out here. 2000... 2011, okay. 12. Mm-hmm. Moved out 2010. Um, and you know, I started helping him with that. He said, hey, why don't you throw some drums on this, throw some guitars on this. You know, and the, these budgets were like huge and awesome. And you get to like recreate, you know bohemian rhapsody or like let it be or like something or you know fucking you know dirt off your shoulder like anything you get to like reproduce these amazing songs so you le- I learned a lot really fast became a way better producer um helping julian then i was hired on my own like equal to julian being a second this is the next following year and yeah it was every fall i still go out there and do it in the uk you still do it? I still do it. September to like Christmas. It's an amazing gig. Get to live in London, get to write, get to work on this TV show, make some money, reproduce like the best songs and ever And that written. must that must totally influence how you write and produce the next Totally. Batch. It's unbelievable. And I've and you learn a lot of songs, especially doing it in the UK. There's a lot of like just hits over there that I would I wouldn't know. That, like wow, work right. didn't connect over here, whether it's like a, some random Bee Gees song or just some UK artist that you've never heard of that was like a big song. But it's a lot of work. Are you able? Are you able to write while you're doing? It? Sort of on my own, you know. It's it's so much work, but like at the end of the night, I'll always like pull up a keyboard and like just be writing or sure. like, or I'll get inspired, like you said, like from 
one of the songs I'm working on and be like, do you ever just take like, oh man, this chord change is so good. hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Um, so, you know, I think, I think when you have a band like one direction, you join X factor after one direction broke, right? Um, or was that right no, when they no, were no. breaking? No, no, no. It was before. I've been doing oh, X Factor since before One Direction. Okay, so you join and all these. So back in the day, Dede Savin, yeah, was was chatting with with Julian and, and me and Damon. Everybody said this new great boy band. They they got I think they got third or fourth in uh, yeah, the X Factor. Right. Yeah, and this new boy band, new boy. I mean, a huge gap in the market. Gonna be great. Gonna be great. Then Savin smashed it. What makes it beautiful? Whole first album, the whole thing. They blow up. Um met the boys like had written a song got like a song on their second album or something kind of hit it off with them too because like at this point i'm 24 and they're like you know 18 or something so we were like whoa like i'm not like one of these old like right guys not you know so so we hit it off and they kind of want to be when you're 18 you want to be 24 and when you're 24 you're like i'm still 18 exactly (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, that that must have been important for them to have someone that they can communicate with that's not, right. you know... Not like some 50-year-old right. veteran writer dude. Right. You know, just like a young dude that, like, you know, let's have a couple beers and just talk about your, your ex and let's, like, let's just, like, get down to the nitty-gritty of, like, growing so up. So you were friends with them before... I mean, if you're... This is all happening at the same time. Right. So you guys are you're now one of the X Factor guys. You guys must have ended up having some rapport and then they come out the first album, they come out with the second one, you get a song on the mm-hmm. second one. And you guys must have all been something of friends, right? Or Yeah. And then, you know, by the time the third album came around, we were we were pretty close. And and Julian and I just said, Let's just dominate this thing. You know, let's But that's a crazy thing to say, let's dominate what's the biggest band in the world at the time. It I was mean, just it was it was just timing, man. Everything just we were Julian and I at this point our relationship was was um you know, officially official. And it was just like we knew we could get great shit. Were you nervous at all? Did you have any sort oh, of It was exciting, yeah. man. We just did we were like bros with the band, so we just did whatever we want. Like let's do a rock song in like seven, eight time and then let's do like a piano eighties ballad and then let's do a Fleetwood Mac dreams like acoustic thing with but how do you vocal. do that? How do you do that when everyone's like, "Oh, we need another." I'm sure labels are saying we need what makes you beautiful, and you're sitting there trying to say, "No, no, no, we can go into this Fleetwood Mac kind of thing." Was there was there any convincing, or well, were, they were all stoked? At the, at the core of it, we obviously knew that we like needed to have some hits or have some big singles. Um, but the band was so big at this point, so we knew if we had like something that already sounded like pretty big, that it would that it would probably work. And then, like, story of my life was like a kind of accident, and kind of like paved the way to be like, you know, the, that was a big one of their biggest songs, and we were kind of like, why? I can't believe this is like translating with this kind of band. Right, and that kind of opened the whole door to be like, all right, let's just do whatever we want. And like, but when you think about the Beatles, I mean, that that was their charm was that in the beginning, you know, those first, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, everyone thought they were they were a boy band, and then mm-hmm. Rubber Soul comes out of eventually, mm-hmm. and it changes like, into this whole other totally. Oh yeah, no, these guys are are the real deal, and I think, you know, I'm sure at that point there were people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who were still like, oh, these boy band guys are trying to be. 
cool are trying to be cool and people who are in their teens and 20s were actually taking the time to say no these guys are are pivoting right and they're successful musicians right and they're actually growing up and becoming Mm -hmm. men you know and artists totally hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm going to list 9 songs. Okay, go. And you're just going to say something. I don't care if it's like a who or a what or where or like oh, let me tell you this random story about okay, this. Okay, go. Okay. Best song ever. Best song ever uh yeah, Wendy House, Ed Druitt, uh Wayne Hector. And that and the, Julian. Something about Wayne came in huge. We had we had this uh you know, kind of who reference like Oh, okay. Big big piano thing, and we had this chorus. You know, dance is the best song ever, but like I can't really remember what it was. I just knew it was great because I was dancing with you concept. Right. And we wrote verses for like a day, and they were all shit. Right. And Wayne Hector was in the studio next door. We were like, "What's up, man? Like, yeah, we're working on the song." We just started playing it. He, he just goes, "Maybe it's the way she walks." <laughs> just started singing the verse. We just put it down, and like five minutes later, it was done. He's incredible. Yeah, he's great. Uh, story of my life. One of my favorite songs ever been part of. Um, Total accident, written in seriously less than thirty minutes. Um, it was the first real week I had ever like written on on uh, purely one D. It was like me, Jamie, Scott, and Julian did like a whole week just dedicated to one D. And at the end of the week, like label people came in. We played them all stuff. I said, "Man, a lot of this stuff's great." And then like one of us was like, "What was that thing we did the first day?" Like, it's not 1D, but, like, it was kind of cool. Like, kind of a Paul Simon thing. And then we, like, played it on the speakers, and they were like, that's, that's the it. one. You know? Crazy. Yeah. Midnight, uh, Midnight Memories. Midnight Memories was was uh, originally I Love KFC, like, until the very end. We didn't have the chorus lyric. We, like, wrote all these lyrics. And the no was way. Like, I love KFC. Maybe you and me, stumbling in the street, singing, 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 I love KFC. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that would have changed, uh, that would have made the song bigger? (laughs) Way bigger. Yeah. (laughs) You and I. Uh, Good good song. Good live, I guess. Steal My Girl. Cool chords. Really? Beatles-y chords, you and I, yeah. Kind of like Coldplay vibes or something. Steal My Girl. Epic piano, five piano tracks or something. Crazy. Drag Me Down. Was originally double time. All my life, you've been my me. And then at the last second, we boom, boom, 
Made it halftime like Sting vibes. So dope. Yeah. It's a great record. Thanks. That might be my favorite. It's a good one. Perfect. Um, it's just, it's good. History. It's good. That's like a, a, a Ed Druitt, Julian Benetta, John Ryan, uh, kind of like ode to, uh, us working on 1D for like four years straight. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I went on tour with them for about two weeks, so I, I only got to witness it for a little bit and you would go for months. Oh yeah. Maybe we did all the records on the road. What's it like touring with One Direction? I mean, I know it's a really short question was, for probably the craziest time of your life, but yeah, it was the best. It was. I can't really describe it. It was just awesome. Every city just it was packed. awesome because we were behind the scenes, so we didn't get like. It was awesome. Just everything, man. It was like the closest thing to being like young rock star to going to Japan, going to Brazil. It's like insane. And doing it like the best you could do it. I mean, when they fly to Japan and Brazil, are they chartering a plane? Uh, yeah, most of the time. That's nuts. Yeah. That's like but it was great. Fathom. We set up a studio just like this, like a makeshift studio, a laptop in the hotel. You know? Yeah, they would, they would put, you know, mattresses along yeah. the side of the wall to We'd rent to the try whole floor. It. Yeah. And like I had in Chicago, I had a brass band come in into the my hotel room <laughs> and just record it's so nuts there were there were uh security guards outside of the rooms yep you know to on not even on the floor when outside of the hotel to make sure there weren't people outside of the yeah i mean it's just insane in brazil there was like 1500 people out in front of the hotel 24 7 just singing one day I think, I'd literally wake up in the middle at, at 4 a.m. to just, story of my life, I pick her up. A crowd of people just screaming, singing every song. It's fucking insane. That's insane. And, and I went out on the balcony too. I like put my hat on really low like this and like opened up my balcony and kind of like stuck my hand out. <laughs> like I was one of the boys. It was like, nah! At four in the morning. <laughs> but how do, how do these people find... We would drive an hour outside of some of these cities mm. to make sure that they'd have somewhere that would be secluded. And within half a day, dude, I don't know, fifty, hundred kids show up. So, so like their parents were like, "Knock yourselves out, kids, show up!" And they show up. I don't know and, how they find out. I still don't know. Yeah, it's one person. One person sees them at the airport. Or one person sees them in a car driving on some freeway where there's. Pr- probably a nice like hotel I, I don't know i don't know how they would it was amazing never seen anything like it we went in in tokyo because the boys aren't really supposed to leave without security it was like me damon and i think niall who's, who's one of the 1d boys and um you know he was just tired of like having the security around I just want to be he's like you guys want to go get some food or something so we leave the hotel it's literally four in the morning walk out there's no one on the street tuesday in like center of tokyo walk onto like this little train station little noodle bar we're eating you know he's like oh it's so good to be out of the hotel just be like you know doing normal people shit and we walk out and there's just a girl at the door and like another girl kind of like over on across the street just going just looking over and she and she couldn't speak any english but she had like, her phone and was like wanted to get a picture and just like took a really p- picture really quick we were only out of the hotel for 25 minutes yeah. and i was like did she was she hiding in a bush and like saw us walk out really quick right. and then like like I just don't know it was amazing 
And it's not scary. It's not like scary. It's just not shocking. at all. It's just like how did you didn't you don't know you go to sleep like <laughs> should be like a Stanley Kubrick kind of movie of like the band the band. Yeah. Um. So after right right around here, it feels like you know there's the Bonetta Ryan catalog mm-hmm. is. Is just massive, but you start doing some stuff that's outside of, you know, the family mm-hmm. affairs community. Well, I guess more sort of an offshoot because we're all friends ish. Right. So you go into starting to write with, you know, Ricky Reed and Joe London yeah, here yeah. and all these other people. I mean, was that a, a an effort to say, you know, I'm just going to see who else I gel with, or was it? Just kind of like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Let's head up. And then you just happen to start writing well, it's a lot hits of with other people. Like, like my publisher, Casey, is always like putting me on to the new, to whoever's really dope, like Joe and, and Eric and everybody. And um, there was a lot of trust there. And Ju- Julian also is really good at like working on a whole project, whether it's like he did the whole Hey Violet record. Like he's really good at buckling down saying, same with one day. It was like, this is the do like sound. 12 songs yeah. this is the sound i'm gonna use this synth on every song and like make it a cohesive thing where i kind of like um am writing more random i'll write a hip-hop song and then i'll write a pop song and then do a country song kind of all over the map so it was good to just go out and kind of I mean, it must have felt amazing on some level to say because you had been so focused on that band right to then yeah, I mean, I mean your mind, your mind must have been just going nuts. Just yeah. like I'm going to write whatever's on exactly off the top of my head, and it's exactly. got to be totally different from that. Totally. Um, I know that I'm going to go out of order on some of these songs oh, and good. stuff, but um, Fireball, <laughs> that's your vocal. That's my vocal, yeah. And so many people, when you send in a demo, it's both the best and worst thing that can happen to the song because everyone is like, you need to be the artist. And it's like, no, 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 I'm just singing the song. Mm-hmm. And and if anybody wants to hear it, they need to listen to Fireball and focus on that vocal because that's a good example of what happens when no one else can match the demo. So instead it's like, let's keep this. Why, how was it taking you so long to then sort of... I don't know if parlay is not really the right word because I, I, you haven't really wanted to do it. You were just like, no, no, that's fine. We can use my vocal on Fireball. And you mm-hmm. had to do some live shows and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what, how does how do you deal with... How you, I, it, there aren't a lot of writers that get this influence where the, the whole industry is trying to get them to have an artist project. Right. Um, and here you go and you're, you're just, handed like a major single as a feature. That's just not my like shit really in the sense that like that's not necessarily the best example of like what i'm about as an artist is like featuring on fireball or something right you know what i'm saying right and it's a little twangy you know i was born uh, i sang it like an old guy singing like a country song or something kind of on purpose right um to make it like sound a little sample or something so did you fight against having no i was like hell yeah let's do it if no one can make it sound better let's do it Right. You know? And I thought about, as time went on, I was like, you know, how do I, like, parlay this into, like, doing something with, with my artist stuff? Because, like, this, people have some eyes on me now or whatever. But it wasn't, I don't know, it's not the right, that's not the right angle for me. Right. I you respect know? that. I think it's hard to to say no. 
Yeah. And people must have been offering and you I was anything like for thick that. In in working with these guys and working with you and, and finishing these one D records, I was like doing so much other stuff. Right. Where I couldn't just like stop and like force or rush a get an album together or something. How much are your vocals on on records that you write? Is they're on a every lot. song? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hope you're collecting your AFTRA. Oh, it's yeah, good health yeah. insurance. Yeah, I just got a check in the mail. There you nice. go. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey um, John Legend. John Legend. That I mean, I I know the process of that song, but that's like that's kind of like a real. That's a real John Ryan that's record. A, yeah, that was that's a real like song. the real John Ryan, totally like front to finish. Totally. Tell the process of that song. Um, the, so- the songs "Love Me Now," "Love Me Now," yeah. Um, I was in London um, doing the X Factor. Actually, perfect example. I'm in the middle of working on a track. I don't know what it was. I think it was like um, "Best of My Love" or something. And um, brought up this little synth that I was going to add bass or something. So I go dun 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 and just started playing that. Totally different, nothing to do with the X Factor thing. And I was like, that's dope. Then I turned my phone on, like voice memo, mumbled some shit for like three, four minutes while playing the little bass line. And uh, yeah, that was it. And then I just opened up a new session and then just recorded the bass and then just sang whatever I sang on the voice memo. And that's your... and and. It, I, wasn't, about, like, how I wasn't you... saying words, but I was going, you know, I was just mumbling. And then I just, whatever it sounded like I was saying, I just said the lyrics really like didn't mean anything in the beginning. I ended up changing them, some of them in the end, but how did you write super the, fast? How did you write the lyrics on? Cause I was saying, I mean, but afterwards, even when you're going back, do you have any, I, I just, mean... I literally listened to the syllables and then just put words to it. And then for, for that song, it's different. For other songs, but that sure. song I just like I was like, this is dope, the melody's dope, and all it works. I'm just gonna like write whatever I was saying, even if it doesn't make sense. That's my favorite part about songwriting is doing shit that doesn't even make sense to me necessarily, but like somehow it sounds deep and people can make their own uh assumption of kind of what it's about. It makes me want to go and finish writing lyrics to all these songs that I'm supposed to write lyrics to right now. Yeah. Because but- I'm so, I, you, I always get stuck on that. Um you know, is this I the love greatest when, I love line? When, if if you have a chorus and then there's a verse from like another song or something and you somehow put them together and it just works. Does even that make th- you... even though like conceptually originally they they are two different songs? Does how do you? I I feel like that that would give me so much anxiety sending that out. I feel like people would know that they're from different songs, but they nah, don't. But it, they, they don't. Never... It works, right? I mean, I don't do that often. Take like two different songs, sure. but. Like love me now. I was just writing the verse, and then I wrote the chorus, and then and then you sent it to to Damon, your manager. You sent yeah, it to sent Casey, it, your publisher. Sent it to and Damon, then... Casey, blah 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 blah. Then like maybe a year went by, and it was super rough. It was literally a bass loop and the vocal, nothing else. And um, yeah, and John loved it. And then he and I went in. He wanted to tweak some lyrics, um, and we went in and finished it together. And and Blake Mills helped me finish the production and the whole thing and it was it was great but really quick the writing process was so quick maroon five maroon five i know this it's so recent right now because you have the songs literally on charts mm-hmm. you know um 
don't want to know might end up being your it that's probably your biggest song it's like yeah. it was number one at total radio for forever six weeks yeah forever but you listen to it and it doesn't seem like a particularly complex composition it also seems like something that's like bro 30 minutes less again i'm learning a lot about myself in this interview it's like all the best songs are written in 30 minutes that's just me though that was a that was exactly what i was talking about 20 minutes ago it was like was in with cash and amar for like a few days written like a bunch of shit and um like right at the last second, like I had like a, a, a folder of beats or something and just heard that like intro thing and just sang the chorus in, sang the verse in. There you go. Didn't write anything down. Just like had the mic. Sure. And just like wasted. I still And the mo- uh, just started going for it and had the computer right there and just recorded it in. Then like 30 minutes later, we were playing it on the loop. And Jay Cash like, is sitting there being like, that's it, <laughs> and Amar and Amar sitting there being like, "That's it." Yeah, I mean, we were all just we were all just working on it together, like in a little triangle, like we are. Were right you here. aiming for Maroon Five at the time? No, not at all. That's so crazy. It was just I don't know. But then all of a sudden, and I, I like saying it kind of like Adam Levine too. It's just it just worked. And then, I mean, cold happens, mm-hmm. and it just isn't stopping with. The Maroon Five stuff. It's yeah. It's, so the, the album's amazing. Um, I think they're just wrapping it up now. It's it's um it's awesome. But here was, you go and saying that you don't you know you like jumping around and doing all this stuff, and then you end up with another project that you you have so many songs. Is it because the artists want to be you, or is it because you want to you actually go into that moment of being that artist or are you just writing yourself and i mean how does i'm honestly you can't even control it (laughs) it's um, like it's finding you um yeah it's it's you know cash is cash and amar obviously have like done maroon amar malik by the way we haven't interviewed yet but we will someday and jay cash we've done You've done Jay Cash? Yeah, yeah. Nice. How was it? Oh, he's the best. Well, like, yo, Episode- this, shit's, this shit's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Episode that, dude. Episode number two. <laughs> there you go. Really? Yeah. No, Cash, Cash, like, um, you know, to his credit, brought me in. I was like, hey, me and Amar want to, like, crush this maroon whole project. And the same way, like, Julian and I did with 1D. Let's just, like, swallow it and just go for the gold. Yeah. And, um... You know, I knew I was going to be like singing all the demos and everything. And then we just like, we did our, we did our thing. And we have other songs that we wrote, like maybe aiming for Maroon and they didn't turn out for Maroon, but we just sort of sit and write and just do our thing. It's not like, you know, I don't know if Adam would sing this. It's not that. It's just like, let's sit and make something great. And then we'll kind of figure it out afterward or like change one lyric to make it like more of a pop thing or whatever we needed to do. Right. You know? It's awesome to it's be part fun, of like so dude. many huge bands and so many huge artists' careers, and and it's like you know it's coming Very from lucky. you hanging out with your friends and I'm a lucky you know, boy, yeah, for sure. Teddy Geiger, ninth grade, insane. That's the weirdest. <laughs> I, I just want. I, I, is there a YouTube of any of those songs, there, dude? That wasn't around then. There's no. There's not a lot of video documentation. Just a MySpace. Yeah, but it was a huge project. It, it was big. Let's bring it back. The girls loved Teddy. Yeah. Oh my God. There were like 600 people at a show. It was all like all the high school girls. Teddy! 
But to go from to go from that high school thing, and then he gets a record deal in high school, mm-hmm. becomes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it's hard to from Rochester. Not like you know he's the not. It, you know he's not. He's not in Los Angeles. No. He's not in New New York City doing that. You know he was so. on some show. He was on like a. Uh, in search for the Partridge Family, I think it was called, kind of like an X Factor singing thing, and like Billy Man found him and they made a record or something. So crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna list five things. This is the section that we call. I'm gonna list f- five things. <laughs> we still don't have a name for it. Good go. That's what I'm gonna say every time. Five I'm gonna things. Describe it. Um, but one of them's kind of times five because I just I'm gonna ask it. But it just na- each member of One D. Mm-hmm. Tell me something about first thing that comes across your head about each one. Harry. Um, we'll start with Harry. I start with Harry. Harry's the sickest. Just hands down, one of the coolest guys I know. Incredible. Like super, straight nice. Up. super nice. Super yeah. nice. Super talented. Yeah. Just badass, really humble, really right. quiet. Um, Liam. Liam's my neighbor. Really? Yeah, he lives across the street. <laughs> Do you guys hang out? Do you guys? Hang out? Yeah. I feel like you guys have pancakes in the morning. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Liam's uh, Liam's great. He's got a lot of energy. He's kind of like me in the studio. He just jumps around. Louis, <sighs> Louis. I finally hung with Louis a few weeks ago, and we wrote. He's 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 just got his shit together now. Yeah, he's, he's like, really sweet. He's so sweet. I can't I can't say enough about him. Enough good things about him. It was just great to read. I hadn't seen him for, for a while, or I'd always see him out like partying or something, but he came to the studio and we wrote and like just caught up and he was just like, was yeah. like and it was hard on the road always because it's like, we're making the album and there's like, I don't know, there's a lot of like, um, like hyper, not tension, but there's a lot of just like energy going around, whether it's egos, whether it's like just being on the road is like a lot. So it was, it's nice to like hang with them like as on the humans. couch as humans, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Niles. Else is left? Niles the man. Niles is the rock. You know, he hasn't really changed for in the last six years. He's always just been, it's that Irish thing, you know. He's just the man. He's the sweetest guy on the planet. And he's just like, hasn't changed one bit. Zane. Zane? I haven't talked to Zane in a long time. Um, but Zane's a sweet guy. He's, he's a quiet guy. You know, I think on the road, whether it was like recording or whether it was trying to finish the records, um, he was always kind of kind of the quietest one, but but had the best voice maybe of all the boys in a way. Yeah, uh, like you a technical could hear level. It, he would come in the in the in the room. He would sing. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. that's why he's yeah. Saying his but voice, I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I hope he's I hope he's doing well. And and obviously his artist career. He's killing it. He's killing it. Yeah. But all of them, dude. It's like when you break it down like I'm talking about on the couch, like just chilling, like all like class, class, class. Yeah. Guys. Julian Bonetta. <laughs> one of my idols, one of my heroes. My uh one of my he's my big bro. You know, he and I have been through more uh battles. Um, you know, figuratively, whether it's songwriting or whether it's you know, playing jam ball at the house. It's like he and I, one of the reasons we work so well together is we just, we fight. Yeah. Like he, he thinks things should be one way. I think things should be another way. And we kind of just like yell for a couple hours 
and then like in the end it's like really amazing we're like sick and he's it's like, a real sick. family yeah it's, it's like family, family. shit <laughs> but he he's he's just like teddy man he taught me like he taught me everything uh jay cash one of my big bros too jay cash um he and i have gotten super close the last two years obviously having success but you know he's like a he's the big teddy bear man he's like an evil teddy bear that's amazing (laughs) i love that he's just the best he and i have really i love that dude he 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 always just wants to make fucking good shit for sure and he's not always sure if it's great and i'm kind of the same way we'll like leave a session he'll be like does this song suck and i'm like yeah i think it does like try again tomorrow you know he's taught me a lot too bro he's he's claims that he's not a singer but he like sort of is yeah like a lot of the melodies on the song he'll be like what if it went like and i'll be like you mean like and do like something else and he'll be like yeah 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 but like it'll have stemmed from his original singing idea yeah yeah what up jay to one of our uh our one of our podcast producers and your publisher casey robinson um i think he and David Silverstein are are battling for nicest people in the business. You know, they would fight to the death. They fight to the death for <laughs> for, for nicest in the business. Um, no, he's Casey was my first meeting in L.A. First so like week or two, I moved out here. I went and Casey was like, "Damon's been playing me your stuff. Like, I'm a huge fan." So Casey's just, you know, he's another rock. He kind of keeps everybody uh, in check. We lived on the same hall freshman year of college. You know really? that? Yeah. I had no idea. Casey Robinson is my sort of Teddy Geiger. Nice. Where it's like we just we lived literally Forever across ago. the hall. Yeah. When we were eighteen. Yeah, nuts. So it's it's like one of those things where when he finds you, he's like, "Yo, you gotta check this guy out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's always been like, he's he, always, your biggest fan. Yeah, exactly. No offense to Damon. I mean, Damon's Damon's my know. Damon's my my blood. Yeah. Um, Berkeley School of Music. Go for two years and then leave. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or stay. It's amazing. It's it's Now it's so sick. I went like two years ago and they have like a bunch of brand new buildings and so many new studios and like it's it's magical. If you can like afford to go and, and your parents are supportive and like all or just whatever or go later in life, whatever, go. It's so fun. When it's, I like, was, it's like a geek school. Sure. You know, it was like, oh my god, it's a, it's a flat five diminished. It's like, oh, <laughs> sick, sick. Um, yeah, the school I went to was also like they they started. Where'd you go? USC. And when they did the um, industry program, then it was you know more classical and jazz based, and now they have a pop program. Mm-hmm. So it's if somebody asked me what my experience is at USC, it's not the experience people that are people are having now. now. Now they're having you know same at Berkeley. You know Lamont Dozier is like one of, of the professors course. there now. <laughs> not not even like kidding. Like they have like some of the greatest songwriters of all time right. as like your professor. Right. It's a different scenario than what it was. Um, we just missed out. What was that? I'm saying we just missed out. You missed out on that. I missed out like two years after I left Berkeley, built a 13 story like studio thing right in the center of Boston, like all brand new. Do you ever go back to Boston? No, but I have a very quick funny story. When I was there doing 1D three years ago now, I went to Berkeley by myself, like listening to music in my headphones, being like super nostalgic, right? 
I'm walking around the campus, walking around, and I hear coming from one of the studios my band from college. I'm like, what the fuck? And I like knock on the window, and this like little kid's like, ah! He looks over, like sees me in the window. I'm like, that's my song. That's my song. <laughs> and he's like, and he kind of like looks at me and goes back to the computer and comes. And I bang on the door again. He's like, and the kid's like 19 or something. He's like, hey, I'm like, dude, that's my band. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I found it in like the school archives and I'm remixing it. And then I sat in with him and was like, turn the guitar up. And like he happened to be mixing my band song as I walked by. Wow. And I was just like, how did, is this possibly happening? That's what that's what they were. What, what's his name from uh, Tesla? Elon Musk. He always he says that we're all that there's a ninety nine percent chance we're all in a computer simulation. I know. I read that. You know, it's insane. That's that's one that's of the those computer things. Having yeah, a glitch. For, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they messed up like the timing on totally. that song. You know, something happened. Um, well, he's like, this song was just recorded this week. Yeah. I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> I am John Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to be you when I grow up. I'm trying to so, keep up with you, Ross. Yeah, right. Let's give a round of applause for Ross. This big week for Ross. Yeah, thank Huge. you. Huge. Congratulations. Thank you. But uh, in all seriousness, I talk behind your back all the time. Yeah, so do I. Because I think you may be the most talented person I've ever met. And I say that I say that on a regular basis. When, when, and especially when your name comes up, it's always just just wait just wait in 10 years from now. Some of the things you're going to do are going to just like blow doors off. Well, thank you, Ross. I, I'm means a lot. so impressed with your talent and the fact that you can, I mean, who doesn't want to hang out with you for a day? I mean, I, I usually cancel sessions that we have, but totally, you know, totally. everyone else seems to really enjoy your company. <laughs> we wrote a good Christmas song. Yeah, I know. I'm proud of you, though, man. This, yeah. is, this doesn't happen. None of this happens by accident, unless it's a computer simulation. <laughs> Elon. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ross. Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And the Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to Jeff Sparger, David Silberstein from Mega House Music, and Michael White. Here's a sneak peek of next week's And the Writer Is. So here's what you have to imagine, okay? This small Simon living in this house in the world where I, I really have no parents. I listened to those records on headphones, and I felt less lonely. And I think that those records saved my life many, many, many times over. Mm -hmm. Because I felt this kinship with the artists who were singing about their own loneliness and their own struggle. And I think that I've devoted my life to trying to give that back in some small way. Until next time, this is Ross Golan. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, 